Bryce. Bryce, are you there? You don't be listening. Anyway, it's Julia from season 38, Edge of Extinction, and I just had to stop by and say, I love me some of the Purple Pants Podcast. But can I mention real quick, your new single, Setback? Woo! Child in the long haul. It's called Endurance, sis. I'm a survivor. I don't give up quick. (laughs) Baby boy, you did that. Can I get on a single? Sheesh. Anyway, I am so proud of you. I cannot wait until this quarantine is finally over so we can link up, wet our whistles, and have one of our wild nights like we always do. You know what it is, but are y'all ready? It's a, it's a, it's a purple pants. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. What it do, everybody? It's your favorite baby boy, Bryce Isaiah, and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I hope everyone is well. What was popping with everybody? What y'all been up to? What you been doing? How was your weekend? Me, you know, busy as a what? A quarantine B. Ooh, busy as a quarantine B. Ooh, ooh, busy as a quarantine B. Okay, all right. But yes, you know, busy as a B. This weekend, I did a little housework. So I told you before, Baby boy's been getting his green thumb on And I've been planting, planting, planting And propagating a lot And I have like a lot of plants Now leave it the window He gonna say he didn't inspire me to be a planter eh, No, my mom is a planter She's got plants all over her house And so, so do I So, I reorganized my dining room Since I work from home I generally use my dining room as like my office And I've got like this big dining room table And I've got plants by my window But they're literally covering my whole window And I'm like, you know what? I don't really have house parties or you know I have gatherings but I don't have sit down dinners why do I need this big table so uh, my table has like a leaf in it so I removed the leaf made the table a little smaller instead of having it like the long way when you walk in I turned it so it's more wider and I made it into an actual desk and not a table Uh, when Wendell built me my plant table a couple of weeks ago he gave me like these boxes to give it height so I took those boxes and put it on my table to kind of sort of make it desk like and so I created this nice little desk and I had all of these plants and so I have moved the plants around so it's you know like my dining room is more like a jungle now and I love it and it just kind of like you know inspires me when I'm working throughout the day I can see my plants the sun comes in the window so yes I'm here for it I love it so that's really what I've been doing this weekend uh you know it was Mother's Day so I had to go drive down and see Barb it was a little bittersweet because you know generally from Mother's Day, I always spend the weekend with my mom and we hang out. But due to this COVID-19, we had to do the social distance, you know, version. So I drove down and, you know, gave my mom her gift and played with Sunshine, talked to John. But, you know, my mom was all like, come in, come in. I'm like, no, mom, I can't come in. You know, I've been around people. And, you know, you up there age, you know, Barbara, old girl. So we can't risk my mom or John getting sick. So although, you know, the selfish me wanted to come in and hang out, I really kind of wanted to keep my distance and, you know, stay safe. So although 
we may not get this time together, I'd rather my mom be here for the long run and we'll have plenty of more time together. So that was really what I did this weekend, just chilling, hanging out. But I'm excited about this week's episode. So, you know, we got the church announcements on the menu this week. We've got our Survivor News with Jack Atkins and we welcome Missy Bird from season 39. I also have Ahmad Aberry on this menu that I think is a very important topic and I think that it it needs to be talked about. I've got this week's Insecure and we welcome E. Burials to the podcast for the first time. So we get a little in-depth with E. Burials to figure out what he's up to and, and actually really who E. Burials is. We've got our Purple Pants picks. I got advice with Bryce and you know we got the Freak of the Week. So I'm excited. So without further ado, let's get into this podcast. All right. So for this week's church announcements, I've got three things. One, I just wanted to touch base and just make sure I said happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. You are greatly appreciated. You know, during this quarantine time, I know your patience has been tested, but stay strong. We in this together. And I wanted to just share a quick story. So there's a close friend to our family who, you know, she's recently married and they are trying to, you know, get pregnant and they're having some struggles with that. And they recently lost a child they kind of been like keeping it on the hush they shared it with a few close friends and family and so on mother's day i was like you know what let me just reach out and i just sent a little message was just saying that you know i know that you know today must be a hard day for you uh but i just wanted to acknowledge the fact that you did have life in your body and that you know happy mother's day to you and i just was reiterating the fact that i know it's a hard time and that i know you kind of want to get past it but i think that it's an important part of grieving to acknowledge it and like you know that you had a child in you and that you lost it and it's okay to be sad and it's okay to celebrate the life that you had so I just sent a quick little note and the family member was so receptive of it they like thanked me they were like you know what I really you know need to take time to process this and just appreciating that and so I just wanted to say that anyone that's lost a parent lost a grandparent lost a child that I know these holidays can sometimes be difficult but I just want to let you know that you are in my thoughts and in my prayers and I also wanted to say that people that don't have kids and they have dogs yes dog moms count too I did send a couple of text messages to my friends that have dogs and don't have children and they was like thank you next on the church announcements I just want to say yes thank you to everyone that has been su- supporting the new single E Burials featuring Bryce Isaiah set back yes over the weekend everybody was bombarding me texting calling showing love on the Twitter showing love on the Instagram and I just love it and if you have not heard it yet Yet, E. Burials featuring Bryce Isaiah setback is available. Yes, keep the support and the love going. I love it. So, last on the church announcements, just want to put it out there that, you know, the Purple Pants Podcast is doing really well. Thanks to all of you. Shout out to the Purple Pants Posse and to all my new listeners. And, you know, I like to give you the content that you want and deserve. And, you know, baby boy tries his best. 
But you know, we always could use a little help. So if anyone would be interested in coming aboard the motherboard, the Purple Pants podcast and helping out as an intern, I've got a couple of little projects that I could use help with and some logistical things that would be great. If you'd be interested in being a Purple Pants podcast intern, just email me at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com and make sure you put intern in the subject. And yes, baby boy, we'll get right back to you. I appreciate that because yes, we go together. So let's work together to give you guys the best podcast that you deserve. Now let's get into this menu. It's a man who, it's a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who, it's a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. We are back this week with our Survivor News. I'm so excited. You know, we back with our baby boy, Jack Atkins. Are you with me? Yeah, what's up? You know you know me. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Uh, been, a, been a bit of a tougher week, but we're chilling now. So I'm excited to recap this penultimate episode and welcome this guest that you're about to bring in. Oh, I like the intro. Time out. Go ahead. Intro me, Bryce. You better let the people know who I am. Spell it right. Yes. Let's welcome my friend to the shizzo, season 39, Missy Bird. What's poppin', Missy? Oh, what's up, y'all? I'm so happy to be back. I love the PPP. What's up? Yes. Well, listen, we got it's a we got a two-hour episode to kick it off. So what's poppin', Jack Atkins? What you got for Oh, my us? gosh. Yeah, we had a nice two-hour episode. It was a little weird in the structure, honestly, but we'll obviously get into that. But just kicking off, there was a uh, interesting moment at the beginning of the episode, right at the start with the uh, f- where, where the fire was crackling. It was kind of reminiscent of Heroes, Healers, Hustlers. I don't know if you remember the scene, but uh, Ben had a moment of PTSD during his season of Heroes vs. Healers vs. Hustlers when the fire was popping that he left. Now we see him. It's a little bit. It kind of shows his transformation. He's a little bit calmer and is able to just walk away. But I actually, it kind of gave me this idea that, you know how we've discussed a lot about Ben kind of uh, not not playing the best social game and not really getting along with people that he's not working with. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought about it, and I know Missy, this is actually perfect. I know Missy, you're a veteran. Um, you might be able to touch on this, but it seems almost like Ben to me is maybe, I, I know a lot of times in, in war, people are t- uh, not taught, but oftentimes villainize the opposition. Uh, and I feel like Ben is almost doing that because he, maybe Missy can definitely elaborate on this, but there's kind of sometimes you try to uh, l- lack empathy with, with the opposition. And I feel like Ben is almost kind of relating to this where if he's against someone he he's not trying to consider them as you know as close as close personally as he is to his allies i I don't know if that makes any sense but it kind of seems like especially with the theme winners at war ben is almost treating this like another like another uh bat combat situation where he's going in with a lot of the tricks he's learned in the past yeah i feel that definitely i mean well first of all it's two million dollars so everybody's the opposition everybody could get it because i'm trying to get this money okay so I don't know whether or not it definitely has to do with his past and being in the service or whether or not he's just like if I don't because listen Missy no if I don't like you I don't like you um, right it, it, it ain't <laughs> okay we, we see each other so I, I don't I don't got time for you so I'm not sure but what are your thoughts Missy I mean yeah I definitely feel the military mindset like when you out there like to you think that you have your alliance you definitely you don't give you don't care about the other team like they can die they can die out y'all can get voted out today but i agree with bryce too yeah i was in the military but also same thing if i don't like you (laughs) if i don't like you i don't like you i'm not here to mess with you even for two million dollars it's hard for me to be fake 
Mm. Like I have my, to this day, my alliance is still my alliance outside the game. Like those are my people. I just hung up with Aaron's son, you know, talking to him about Mother's Day. So definitely, Aww. I think it's who you like and that's who you go with. It's hard when you're hungry, you're starved, you go back to your true colors. And I just, I can't be fake. I'm pretty genuine on the island. and just come off cutthroat. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I totally agree with that. I just think, especially where we've seen a lot of Ben uh, conflicting with Jeremy, we know that they started off friendly. So it seems like initially there was yes. some, some love between them. So that kind of just made me think farther that maybe... This is kind of Ben's mindset where if I'm not with you, I'm completely against you. I, yeah. I just thought it was an interesting uh, scene and an idea overall that maybe explains some of why Ben's social game is going the way it is that I just kind of wanted to present to you guys. Well, it's you- always it's always love and war. So, I mean, you know, so. <laughs> of course. Yep. Um, Missy, did you have another idea on that or should we should we, should we move along? I was going to ask, do you are you a fan of Ben? Are you team Ben? Is that what I'm hearing? Um me personally, I'm, I'm not. I'm not Team Ben. I like him as a person. If I met him in person, I think it would be all love. I think he would be a great guy to talk to. But as a fan of the show, watching him, I honestly just think he's a really, really bad player. Oh. Uh, and, and I and I wasn't a fan of his first win, honestly, oh. because I, I was a fan of him the first time around, but I just wasn't a fan of his win because of the way it came about. Well, it felt a little bit. Well, <laughs> let me just ask you this, uh, Jack, real quick. I, how, how many seasons of Survivor you won? Wow. Ring the bell. Ring I'm the bell. Saying, as a fan. I I'm res- just saying because I was team Devin all the way that season and I thought he got a little bit screwed. I, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out. I there. can agree. I can agree with Jack. You know, I'm team Jack here. I'm not going to lie. So, but I will say this and this is like sometimes I teeter the line sometimes, but you know, Trey Monate, okay? Um, <laughs> I, I feel like and I've come to this conclusion and I just feel like no matter if the win is contested or not if those votes at the end of the day say your name then you won period Facts. so oh, no doubt and, no doubt and well i mean J- J- Jack, what side is you on you can't say but no that, doubt that doesn't, and just mean, that doesn't mean certain winners aren't higher quality winners than others so oh. as a guy if i met him i would give him a firm handshake and be like i respect the shit out of you but I'd also say to his face, like, if he asks, I don't think you're as good of a winner as some other winners. Oh, and, wow. and I know he's deserving a lot of, he's getting a lot, or not deserving, he's undeserving of a lot of the undue hate he's been receiving. But if we're talking Survivor and we're talking strategy on this podcast, I want to be blunt and just say it. Oh. I think he is, not, I think he might be the worst player on this Actually, no, not the worst player. I think ba- he's the worst player. Baby boy, I'm I don't sorry. know if I listen. I don't know if I can agree with that statement at all. I do definitely do not think that he is the worst player on this, uh, wow. this season uh, for sure. Because look how far he is. Okay, yeah, no, that's maybe maybe not the worst. But okay, time he, out. Karishma went just as far. And I'm going to uh, even hotter take, Karishma is a better player than Ben. Oh, uh, you know what? <laughs> that up you know what? All <gasps> right, guys. And this is a wrap for the <laughs> See you guys next week. Right. Oh, Jack, right. I love you, bro. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, I guess let's move on. I mean, Grace, I'm glad. Please, we're please keep, move the train right. along. All right. I'm just going to touch on this briefly because it's going to be reoccurring throughout this. Tony and Sarah, your Kageon peeps, somehow still just dominating. No Bam. one's throwing their name out ever. Pop, pop. Um, <laughs> I just think that's crazy impressive. But let's get into that first challenge. Just personally, I love that challenge. Bryce, you texted me right before I was about to text you that that's a challenge I think I would have killed of any challenge I've ever seen. 
Uh, and just on that note, challenge-wise, just more generally, is there any specific challenge you guys have seen or would like to see that you guys personally think you would crush? Wow. Um, I want to see the challenge when they're in the water, they're on the circle, and it's like the sumo wrestling. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay? Listen, I... Oh, I'm ready to kill that challenge. First of all, I'm ready to do that challenge with Jack right now because Jack then pissed oh me God. off this episode. <laughs> and another one of the challenges I want to do is like when you have like that castle in your hand and you got to try to knock the other person's castle off. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. First of all, all I'm, you know what? I, I don't even want to say that because you never know I might get a second chance. But listen, all I'm doing is I'm throwing my you castle up in the up, air yeah. and I'm just tackling the person. But okay, ooh, <laughs> wait, and I know Missy wants a physical challenge. So what you what what you want, Missy? I'm gonna have to say it's the sumo wrestling one where like James got the old dude in there and James just stood there and like threw the dude into the mud. <laughs> so sure. I definitely want that one. Give me some peanut butter for that win. Like it's going down. Yeah. And then I want that surfing challenge that woo won on your season guys that's like that's the goal and then i got the one that i wanted on my season kim's challenge hanging over the water that's the one that i won and i was like kim and let me shoot my shot y'all already know let me shoot my shot oh my god let me shoot my shot 2020 i was just like if i do this challenge kim won this challenge kim will call me like she will contact me so you know Yeah, yeah. Well, we can make that happen. We can make that happen. We can make that happen. (laughs) Yeah, I just saw with this challenge, that little basketball element and then the slide puzzle, I knew it would be a wrap. So I was pretty fired up. Uh, And I felt like Nick had a great shot of winning, which he ultimately did. Um, But wait, real quick, Jack, while we add it, um, um, Ben had wanted me to ask you, how many challenges have you won? Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Keep it going. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I don't know. I feel like if I had Ben, we'd be cool, Bryce. I don't. I saw like that. There's no beef. No beef. I don't know, Jack. You came for Ben neck pretty hard. I don't okay? hear it. Yeah. Well, we gotta give some hot takes out here, Bryce. I, I mean, just... I guess you really hot. Your your butt must be on the stove, Jack. <laughs> no, All right, wait, wait, wait. Ben just my Ben just wait, called. Hold on, wait, wait. Guys, hold on. Ben just called. Uh, Jack, how many idols have you found? Ah! <laughs> oh my gosh yeah ben's flaming me out here right there all right ben ben this is this we're getting personal right now am i the new jeremy right now no, i'm know. not talking to you then uh, yeah ben, you guys he's ben just telling you guys to shit talk me he doesn't want to talk to me but it's all good i love you ben uh, as a as a character but um let's let's move on uh nick wins the challenge we got the final seven uh, and, and, and there was plans to take out Nick. We, a lot of times this season, they've been throwing out names early in the episode, and then that person kind of always goes on to win immunity. I don't know if that's a coincidence or that's just their editing tactic, but obviously they need to find a new plan here. And initially the plan is to split votes between Jeremy and Michelle, and they come those two come to Nick with an opportunity uh, opportunity to like mess up the, the split vote by uh, voting out Ben. It would be three to two to two. And honestly, I think this is where maybe Nick's biggest mistake of the season. I really thought he should have stuck with Jeremy there and voted out Ben because even as that tribal was going on, I was thinking to myself what Michelle uh, voiced to him after the tribal. Like, what's your path to the end if Jeremy goes home? I know Jeremy's a great player, but if he goes home, you're kind of screwed. If, if you would take out Ben, that opens up Denise's uh, alliance, allegiance, because now she's. I don't think she's going to be completely loyal to a final three with Tony and Sarah. And... Also, just like taking out Ben completely frees you up. It keeps Jeremy as a number because now it's him and Michelle against a loyal alliance of four that isn't going to break up. Maybe he thinks he could split Denise off of that, but clearly Denise's head doesn't seem to be 100% in the game. I think she's playing well, but I don't don't think she's 
I don't, I don't think she's aware of the fact that she probably isn't going to beat Tony or Sarah. So I just thought Nick made a mistake there. What did you guys think of that, though? I definitely thought, first of all, you know me, I am Team Nicklicious, but Nicklicious was pissing me off this episode because I'm like, first of all, every, every, I mean, this is Survivor. Every person that Nick has talked to, it seems like he is switching up with them. Like, oh, I'll, I'll go with you. I, I, I'll go with you. But yeah, I don't understand why Nick teamed up with Ben and Tony and Sarah because it's like, what, what's your end game, baby boy? I, I didn't get it. And that's another thing. I, I do love Ben and I think that it, Ben is great to be with Nick, uh, with Sarah and Tony. But my thing with Ben is if like, you know, you are actively playing the survivor game. What, like, do you think your chances of beating Tony or Sarah are better than your chances of beating Nick and Michelle? Like, I, like, I, mm-hmm. like that confused yeah. me a lot. So I, I just, I don't know. But again, I have, you know, I haven't made it past episode four. So listen, maybe that strategy works. I don't know. What you think, Missy? Okay, wow. Yeah. So I'm thinking that Jeremy is like, we can all agree at some point in time, Jeremy is that guy that has to go. Right. Right. We can all agree on that. Jeremy is the winner that people want to emulate. So I think it was wrong to send Jeremy home because at four, five, six, Mm -hmm. we can all still agree no matter who we are, no matter who we hate. Jeremy needs to go because Jeremy's going to win this game. Jeremy deserves to win. So why not go ahead and get rid of Ben, a big physical threat that still almost won that uh, that 30 percent disadvantage. He still almost won it. So why not just go ahead and get rid of a player like that? And then everybody can have this unanimous, like this unifying vote of let's get rid of Jeremy. Because like you have to really assess where you stand with the tribe. And I think that that's where people get it wrong. Sometimes you're not as... You're not as good as you think you are, and I think it blinds you. Yeah. So, yeah. So, to me, I mean, I think if you take out Ben and then Jeremy, that sets Nick, Michelle, and Denise up with a great final five where they can go to the final three altogether. Yes, it but gave Nick me, more yeah. moves. While, while it's been so fun to watch Tony and Sarah dominate, it's almost a little bit simultaneously boring because it seems like Denise and Ben are, are just aren't aware of their position in the game. Right. Um, and, and that's like what my point about Ben, though, the, he explained it very well at One Tribal that his first season around gave him a lack of trust. And we know his first season, he was constantly fighting from the bottom. So to me, I could kind of see like his mental stability and just finding trust with people he gets along and likes uh, might be worth more than $2 million to him this season. Doesn't mean it's great strategy, but everyone has their own personal reasons for playing. I'm not going to like personally dislike you if you're not playing like the ideal strategic game. Denise has shown a little bit more cognizance of her position, but still seems to think she could be like Sarah and Ben, which I just, I just don't see. But to me, ultimately it was kind of Nick's screw up there. Cause I do think if taking out Ben opens up a world of opportunities. And I think then you could turn Denise on Tony and Sarah. Obviously Definitely. you're going to have someone coming back from the edge. Jeremy's an easy boot. I legitimately think if, uh, I mean, I guess we still don't know what's to happen. Obviously, Nick ends up getting voted out at the final six, but I legitimately think taking out Ben there pretty much guarantees a win for Nick or Michelle. Definitely. I I loved, I just want to say real quick, I loved Michelle in this episode, right? Mm -hmm. Because she came at everybody just with, you know what? The worst thing you could say to somebody is the truth. All right. I'm going to say it one more time. The worst thing Mm. you could tell somebody who don't want to hear it is the truth. She walked up to Sarah. Why do you think you can beat Tony? Sarah, like, why? Right. Nick, why did you make that move? Like now we are both messed up. Not just you. You sunk my game, too. And it's the truth. Like, I loved I love just like the blanket open honesty. I'm gonna be real with you. You messed up. 2020, you messed up. Try again. 2021. 
Right. And I, I agree. I have to say, Michelle, I, I have a lot of respect for Michelle. Uh, you know, Michelle had been open uh, about her coming back for Winners at War, the anxiety that she shared about people not respecting her win. And I definitely think all season Michelle's back has been against the corner and she's been really just trying to survive. And I think that, you know, her kind of speaking the truth and her winning that challenge this episode really kind of showed the queen that, you know, the queen that she really is. Yes. And, the one thing that really irks me is that, like, you know, Denise, while Nick and Ben are all there, like, y'all have the numbers. And it's just like, y'all know what day it is. Like, and either way, even if you are with your alliance, okay, like, we are getting down to the end. You got to make a move. You got to make a big move. And it's like any one of those people, if they would have orchestrated getting Tony or Sarah out, that could have been a $2 million move for them. Exactly. The jury would have respected it so much. But I, I don't understand the loyalty that they have right now um and again that's just fan me talking because you know i'm team kagiyan so i'm really happy to see sarah and tony dominating the game but also as a player like you know i'm just like come on make some moves shift it up yeah michelle has been on the bottom the whole time but i think her scrappiness or her like lack of fear to speak her truth and speak her mind and say what's up to people even though she's been on the outside of basically every vote since the merge that's still kind of more respectable than nick ben and and denise kind of just you know they're in the numbers but they're not doing anything they're not mixing it up so michelle's been on the bottom but at least she's fighting and she's surviving through that like it's clear definitely difficult for her to be on the bottom the whole time no she keeps going so i I completely agree and that's a great statement because ben wanted me to ask you how many times have you been on the bottom of the vote (laughs) I've never been on the bottom oh, of okay. Survivor. Yeah. I'm dead. How many times been gonna call? Yeah. I, I feel like Ben's about to kick down my door and come, come beat the shit out of me. Uh, what did you say? <laughs> and then he's gonna find an idol and try to play it off. Like, ah! <laughs> uh, but we're cool. We're cool. Um, oh, Ben just threw, ben, threw ben, you ben, off. Yeah. Threw you off. Damn, ben, ben just texted me. <laughs> <laughs> It's too, it's too explicit to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You have to deep it out. But moving on, like you said, Michelle, let's move on to that. Michelle crushed that challenge. And in that challenge, let's talk about the uh, disadvantage that Ben received from Nick. I want to talk to a little bit more. We already talked about this early in the season, the, di- the dynamic of the fire tokens. Uh, and, and I know kind of what I said was that the fire tokens really put you in a tough position because even if you're getting way overcharged, you kind of have to pay up if you can afford to because if you don't buy it, I feel like people on the edge aren't going to send advantages your way because they know you're a fickle buyer. Yes, or, or, good yeah, point. They, so it's kind of like you have to buy it or else you might not even have another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick does. Uh, and I kind of just want to discuss with you guys and hear your thoughts on whether or not you think Nick played this advantage right. Because ultimately, had he not played it on Ben, Ben probably would have won and Michelle would have gone home. But I do personally think that playing it on Ben was the right move. I just don't think he and Michelle actually tried to stir enough chaos up by doing that because you probably could have tried to make Ben get paranoid and, and it doesn't really seem like they do that. But what are your guys' thoughts on this advantage? Nick using it, Nick buying it, everything that comes with it. I just personally have to say I love the aspect of the fire tokens. because I think they're great, but I, I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I wish that the aspect of the fire tokens were in-game only and that Edge of Extinction can't have... Like, I don't know. I guess they just try to include Edge of Extinction as much as they can, but to me, 
I feel like it just gets a little too messy and it gets a little too convoluted. Like, keep the edge at the edge and keep the fire tokens, like, at the game. I think Nick was right by playing it. However, if I were Nick and in that position, I would have played it against Sarah or Tony and, you know, tried to, like, put more smoke on them to get them out. And then I would have, like, you know, if, say, Sarah didn't win, I would have tried to rally the troops to get Sarah out. And then if I make it towards the end, I could say I got that advantage. I played it against Sarah strategically to get Sarah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just felt like there was a lot more that they could do against the, obviously, the two biggest threats out there. Yeah, I, mean, I think okay. what you what you can do, and, and I'll let Missy go after this, sorry to cut in, but I think a, some, a good move there is, like, say you want to play it on Ben or, or Sarah, go to one of them way before the challenge when you know you're going to play and say, like, start planting seeds. Say, hey, these people said they might come for you if you lose this challenge. Then bada bing, bada boom, the disadvantage is played <laughs> on you. It's like it's like a little abracadabra, you know what I'm saying? And then Wait, once Jack, my, my mic broke up. You said bada who, bada who? Said, bada bing, bada boom. Uh, bada bing, bada boom. Like, the disadvantage gets played. Now that's going to increase the paranoia. They're going to be like, oh, maybe they play this on me because they do want to get me out. It just doesn't seem like they really amplify the paranoia, the opportunity of paranoia that they could have created. But, Missy, what are, you, what are you thinking about this? Wow. Okay, so I'm trying to sit here, close my eyes, and go back into, like, slitting throats, Missy. Oh, and I bada feel, bing, bada yeah, boom. Bada right? Bing, bada yeah, boom, that really triggered me. <laughs> I feel like, for me, I want... I mean, Cops R Us... Okay, so fan and alumni answer. Yes. Cops, Cops R Us is one of the longest lasting alliances that a fan has ever seen. So as a fan, I'm thinking, why not just go ahead, play it on Sarah? She already must be feeling some kind of way with Michelle telling her that, hey, I'm voting for Tony anyway. Tony's the better winner. It's all going to him. Have it played on Sarah. And now Sarah's like, who played it? Could it potentially be Tony? Because when you starve him like that, you turn on your closest ally. I thought Aaron was against me one day and I was ready to take him out. He wasn't doing nothing but napping. (laughs) <laughs> right. And I was ready to take him out. Yeah. So I'm thinking cause a little chaos with cops R us. But then as an alumni, now that I've played, I see the edit. I think that a lot can be said about the relationships that we as fans don't see. So mm-hmm. Sarah and Tony have been best friends for like what a decade now, like very long time. So I don't think yeah. as an alumni, it would make sense to me that anybody would try that relationship just because like, it wouldn't matter, but I. But get, Tony voted out Sophie. Yeah, and to, yeah, I see that, but I think that even though Tony did that, Sarah's more willing to forgive him than to jump ship and go to a brand new person. Like me and Tony, we've been sitting having drinks. We play poker together. Our kids know each other. Like they have this whole life history. So maybe Tony made a mistake because he's Tony, but I see Sarah taking him back in. Like they're still together. I don't, I think it's going to be really hard pressed to break up that alliance. And maybe Nick, as somebody who's been an alumni longer than me, he saw that. And why not put it on a physical beast? Because Nick can't beat Ben, at least physically. So, like, I like where he put it, but then as a fan, I'm just like, go ahead and make Sarah paranoid. Like, make her paranoid. Shake it up. Yeah, I mean, I think whoever you play it on, whether it's Sarah or Ben or Tony, like, obviously, Sarah and Tony are super tight duo, but however you play it, I just think you have to go try to turn that duo against Ben or turn Ben against that duo or maybe maybe do something with Denise, even though she's kind of just been chilling. Yeah, I agree with what – I mean, I think we're all kind of all on the same page. They just didn't take the opportunity to stir shit up enough, or at least we didn't see that. 
Right, because they're so comfortable. And the only person that's really fighting is Michelle because she's not comfortable. And yeah. those are the people that are more likely to like be catapulted to the end. And so like I I am as a fan definitely rooting for Shelly, but as a alum and as a you know, I, I definitely need my cops are resting there. Yeah. I just don't get how everyone is so blinded by the fact that Tony is probably gonna crush them in the end. Like Michelle tells Sarah and she's spitting facts and then Sarah just goes and is like, What a joke. Michelle thinks Tony's gonna win. That's hilarious. Like, well, was and, Michelle so stupid? Like, it's and not hilarious. nothing for Sarah. I feel like who knows? I feel like Sarah. This last episode, I'm really hoping that Sarah maybe gets her revenge and maybe finally turns on. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I really feel like the destruction of Cops Are Us is probably coming. And maybe this is what Sarah's plan was: get as far as I can with Tony and then backstab him. Yeah. I so, think Sarah, I mean, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. I think Sarah's actually in a good spot. Way, way better than Ben or Denise because she could go to final four or final five and then cut Tony and she probably gets the win. But yeah, and my last thing that I would say is that like... uh I, I get nervous. Say Sarah does take Tony out and Sarah is against somebody like Michelle. Like, I, I wonder how much of a, like, that that would be a really tough duo. And people might be, like, scorned by Sarah. Or people might think, like, well, what has Sarah really been doing this whole time? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, I don't know. It, it I mean, Chad, I'm just ready for the episode. Right? Bring it on. Yeah, let's let's dive into that. Um, Just, this is kind of the last thing I had on my notes. We get a big teaser for the finale, a big summary of what's happened so far in the season, just in case we forgot with how busy we've been during quarantine. Um, <laughs> but I just kind of want to touch on, you know, what are the expectations for the finale? Obviously, we're kicking it off with the Edge, Edge of Extinction returnee. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Edge of Extinction the season been so far? What are you hoping and expecting in this finale? Just kind of every, all, just your thoughts in every capacity going into this epic finale. I'm excited. I, you know, I like the little montage that they did at the end. Um, and I almost hate that my season, season 28 was the last, like, was the first season that they stopped doing the before the mer, like, before the last episode when they would go around and collect all the people's things and you would get, like, you know, oh, that yeah. little last clip. Cause the I was like, yes. Passage. Yes. I was like, yes. He, at least I'll be on the TV again. But of course they stopped it at my season. So I'm excited for this, uh, this challenge. I am a little like, I, I don't know. It makes me kind of mad because I am like the last person out has like the least advantage I, so yeah. that that kind of sucks but i am excited i'm maybe uh, who knows you we we all are talking about this cops are us who knows the person might come back and chris underwood the whole thing so i'm Ooh. really excited but it's two hour episode so i mean yes let's get in i think the season's been amazing so far what you think miss wow i'm team wendell team natalie team tyson Mostly Team Natalie. I hope she gets back in. I hope she messes the game up for everybody. Mm. I think she's proved it with her edit. You get more time of Natalie on the edge than you get most players in the game. All right? Come on. Yeah. Come I mean, on. That's just just Come to on. touch on that, that's kind of what I wanted to throw out about EOE and Bryce. Um, just touched on it as well. I just kind of think, and I, I've loved what we've gotten from Natalie, and there's no doubt that she's been grinding to, to get these fire tokens to, to stay in the game. But I just think Edge of Extinction is like extremely inherently flawed because the people that get there the earliest, aka the earliest boots, have the biggest advantage in these challenges. And don't like don't 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 forget like that Natalie has done an excellent job of finding fire tokens. Like Amber and Danny came just days after she did and have basically zero fire tokens. <laughs> but it's like now Nick is there and he just made it to the end of the game and he probably has like one percent chance of winning this challenge because Natalie's coming in this challenge with three advantages. An idol, 
she had so many fire tokens she bought an idol for her boy Tyson. Like <laughs> Natalie is probably gonna win this, and I don't mind it that much because I don't think she's gonna win. I would be really unhappy oh. if she did, but I do think she'll come in and stir shit up, which is exciting. But it's just like, it, it, I, I, like I, I loved Chris. He was my winner pick for his season. He was my favorite to watch, and that's why I keep didn't it mind cute. Him that keep much. it cute. Whatever you about to say, Jack. Keep it cute. I will. I will keep it the cutest. I'm just saying I love him, but I don't want a Chris Underwood 2.0 with okay, this. Okay, well, hey, bada bing, bada boom. So listen, I listen. <laughs> you hear what Jack got to say? So I'm so excited for this two-hour finale. Yes, I'm cutting Jack off because he done tried it with Ben. Okay, he ain't gonna try it with my Underwood. <laughs> I love so, Underwood. What are you talking about? Okay, no, you just said I don't want another Underwood. But anyway, guys, thank you so much, Missy, for coming on this episode. I appreciate you. Yes. What's yes. Up? Okay. Thank and, you so much. I'm just laughing i'm dying right yes now. because and baby boy listen y'all might not see baby boy next week okay yeah, i might yeah, okay missy you might need to check in on me i, don't, I think <laughs> I, got, I got people coming for me yes. i got your back bro team jack team jack me and ben might pull up to oh Jack's house. there's a knock on my door <laughs> i gotta go <laughs> but thanks again jack can we count on you next week of course you could count on me bryce i'm so excited but also so it's bittersweet it's the last episode we're gonna get for a long time so i know well <laughs> Yes. Well, next week we will bring it. And this is going to conclude this week's Survivor News. Yes. Keeping the menu rolling. Um, There has been a lot of media coverage and news uh, over the weekend about Ahmad Aberry. And I just felt like it was important for me to talk about this young man and the case that's going on in Georgia over there in Glen County. It's a case that really kind of frustrates me because it seems that, you know, it's we've seen it time and time and time and time and time and time again. And baby boy is frustrated and upset. And so I just wanted to have an open conversation with the Purple Pants Posse. So Ahmad Aberry was a young African-American male and, you know, Georgia over there in Glen County and back in February. OK, so just know that, you know, we are in May. So back in February, he was chased and gunned down by Greg McMichael and his son, Travis McMichael. Okay. So he was gunned down. He was out jogging, jogging like I do, you know, a couple of times a week. And he was chased by a pickup van with these two men, Greg and Travis McMichael. And there was a third man. Okay. His name was William Bryant, but we'll get to William Bryant a little later. And so, you know, Greg and Travis said that they were making a citizen's arrest. Oh, okay. Really? Where are you? Okay. Well, it looked like a citizen's killing to me, not an arrest. Um, so let's just give a little background on George McMichael because he was a former Glen County police officer and an investigator. Okay. Interesting. No longer with the force. He's retired, you know, doing whatever he's doing. So, so Greg tells police that there have been a string of burglaries in the area and that when he saw Ahmad in the area running, he fit the description. And so Greg and his son told the police that they grabbed their guns and chased Aubrey in his truck, believing he was responsible for the burglaries in the neighborhood. Okay, so you just, you see a, a young 
African-American male jogging in your area and you feel as though he fits the description. So you decide to grab guns. okay? and to me, it just seemed a little more premeditated than that because you grab guns, you get in your truck and you've got William Bryan there to record everything. Yes, guys, there is a video of Aubrey's killing and I wouldn't recommend you guys watch it but I think that it's also important for you to watch it because I watched it and my whole night was ruined when you see Aubrey running literally running for his life and these men chasing him jump out of a car and shoot him all the meanwhile while we have Mr. William Bryan recording the whole thing on his cell phone so you're recording the whole thing on your cell phone but you're not calling the police because y'all making a citizen's arrest uh, 10987654321 Bryce it's important for you to remain not upset and give the people the information but it's hard Bryce it, I know it is but just get through it okay sorry guys I just had to talk to myself because just a lot of the things in this case just don't make sense okay so you know they saw him they said oh he looks like the guy and I'm just curious what's the description of the guy a black male oh okay so any black male in your neighborhood could have been him mm, okay I digress so they and, 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 and what happened to the part of making a citizen's arrest where you hold the person call the police you get your shotguns okay and you kill him that's a citizen's arrest oh okay i yeah i don't know anything about that because if i see somebody that i think is responsible for burglaries uh i'm hello 911 i believe there's a suspect in my area i'm not jumping in my car i'm not grabbing my son i'm not asking anybody to film anything that like i just i don't understand that the brunswick Judicial Court Circuit District's Attorney's Office have had all this information since February. And, you know, no files, no no charges were filed. In fact, okay, some of the DAs have even been quoted saying that they felt like everything was legal, perfectly legal. Another Brunswick Judicial Court Attorney, Jackie Johnson's office, actually instructed the authorities not to make an arrest in this case, okay? And it wasn't until last week when a Brunswick radio station released the video of the killing of Ahmad, and I think it's important that we continue to say his name, Ahmad, because I think it's important for us to know what's going on here. Um, So after the radio station released the footage, of course, the footage went viral and everyone saw the footage. Everyone was outraged at the fact that this is, you know, May when this video is being released and that the district attorney's office has filed no charges. Okay, so after that, protests started happening, you know, and people are outraged as they rightfully should be outraged. Somebody was gunned down, unarmed on videotape, which to me like it, that that's premeditated you're having someone videotape you okay and no charges have been found well go figure posse okay go figure purple pants posse after the video hit the internet the world went crazy and on thursday greg mcmichael and his son travis mcmichael were charged okay yes charged with the killing 
of Ahmad Arby. And I just think that it's also important that two of the DAs, since you know it's been making the headline news, have, oh, guess what they did? They had to recuse themselves from the case due to their connections to Greg McMichael. Now, I told y'all before, Greg McMichael was a former police officer and an investigator. So, does this not scream cover up? We've got people from Jackie Johnson's office instructing the authorities not to make an arrest. And we've got an, another DA saying that this is perfectly legal. Come on. And then they had to recuse themselves because of their connections with Greg McMichael. Ugh. And it seems like each day more information continues to come out regarding this case of Ahmad Aubrey. We also learned that Greg McMichael, when his time during the Glen County Police, he actually investigated uh, Ahmad for an incident that happened at school. And of course, soon as the news stations got this, oh, they say, oh, Ahmad was arrested back in 2013. And we've seen this time and time again, you know, with Tamir Rice, with Trayvon Martin, that they try to villainize the victim, okay? Instead of, you know, saying he was a young man, they try to villainize the victim. And that's just not fair. Ahmad, listen, regardless of Ahmad's past, Ahmad could have done a million things in the past he could have done un- like unthinkable things in the past but that's not what we're talking about what we're talking about is Ama going running okay and being gunned down unarmed this is what we're talking about and so a lot of people always talk about you know Colin Kaepernick and taking a knee and they they have got, they have their own thoughts on that well in my opinion this is the very thing that Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee for the killing of African-American especially males, okay? And nothing happens about it. Not Like, you know, it, it, it's just crazy to me. And I get so upset because Ahmad could have been me. That could have been me, okay, running in my neighborhood. And one of my neighbors could have said, oh, he looks like the guy. Because we've never heard a description, okay, we, we you know, uh, I, I could have been what they're saying. And they could have gunned me down. And that's why I just get so passionate about it because it's just like, what is it going to take for us to wake up? Okay, as people and to see our differences and realize that, like, you know, we are no different than anyone else. Okay, we all are human beings. We are individuals and we deserve, okay, justice. And it just makes me sad because I truly believe that if Ahmad was named Zachary and he was white, I don't believe that, you know, these killers would have been on the street for months. They would have made an arrest immediately. And it's just sad. And it's it's just like, you know, and I always say it's about representation. It's about, you know, really trying to make people understand what is going on in our country. And we can't turn a blind eye to it. You know, it, 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 it may be uncomfortable for some people, but unfortunately in life, we have to have uncomfortable conversations. And I have chosen to use my platform of the Purple Pants podcast to talk about Ahmad because Ahmad deserves that and it it, it just is uh, it just it, it, it truly makes me upset and that you know people are you know trying to villainize him he's not a villain here he's a victim and his family deserves justice he deserves justice every unarmed African American person in this country that has been killed deserves justice and it, it needs to stop happening and we as ourselves as a society really have to take a deeper look at ourselves and one thing that struck me was you know a couple of weeks ago when I had Eliza on here 
year who's running for Manhattan District Attorney. And one thing Eliza said to me that that I appreciate her was that she recognizes her privilege as a Caucasian woman in America and that, you know, her privileges are way different than mine. But Eliza just doesn't you know, leave it at that. She uses her privilege to try to help others. And I just think that, you know, no matter our backgrounds, no matter our, you know, religion, no matter any of that, we all are humans. Okay. We all are human beings. We all are world citizens. We all are a community. And if we start to think like that, we would be able to change. We would be able to work together. We would be able to have these important conversations. I know some Purple Pants Posse members may not be agreeing with me, but that's okay but it's important for you to hear what I am saying because if it were me that was gunned down and killed I'm sure my purple pants posse would be up in arms just like the rest of the world okay but it shouldn't be covered up like how it was covered up in Glen County and there needs to be some investigation in this Glen County okay and then over the weekend the videographer William Bryant came out and said that he had no parts of it and that you know he brought the video to the police well listen and i'm sorry in my opinion william bryan the guy who videotaped it he's an accessory to murder and he needs to be charged okay i don't care if you brought it to the police and they didn't do anything you should have got on the phone you should have called the next county over you should have been calling civil rights you should you should have posted the video online so that it can be seen so i hold william just as accountable as greg and travis and it's just unthinkable and it, it, it just truly is upsetting But I do believe things can change. It's not going to change overnight. It's not going to change in a week. It's not going to change in a year. But things can change. And how things change is we talk about it. We address. We talk about the racial, you know, biases that we have we talk about the racial injustice that this country is built on not shying away from the conversations okay like we have to talk about it and that's why it was really important for me to put a mod on the menu this week because i like i want justice for mod uh and you know this weekend was a mod's birthday and a lot of people across the country use the hashtag running with mod you know they went out and ran and used the hashtag just to bring awareness to this because unfortunately This is just continues to happen over and over and over and over in our country. And the families never get justice. The police get off. Okay, they don't they don't get sentenced, you know, or in, in this case, you know, they are just out and about for months after this young man has been killed. And what has the DA's office been doing? Okay, I don't understand it. There needs to be some investigation into the Glen County Police Department. There needs to be some investigation into the Brunswick Judicial Court District Attorney's Office because something don't seem right. Okay, if it was an like I said before, if the young man's name was Zachary, okay, and he came from an affluent Caucasian family, you better believe Travis and Greg and William would have already been in jail and the case would have been closed. And it's just not fair. So. I, you know, I, 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 I just, I, I just have to bring because it just, it, it brings home to me because it's like I'm a runner, okay? That could have been my cousin, that could have been my uncle, that could have been my brother, that could have been my friend, and I think it's important for us to remember that that these people are family members, okay? And then when the news tries to villainize, villainize them, it's just so unfair. It doesn't matter what anyone's past is if they are a victim of a crime then they deserve justice, okay? 
Like they are citizens of this country. They pay their taxes. They deserve it. So I just wanted to put Ahmad Aubrey on the menu this week. And thank you for listening. Whew, Chile, after that, I had to wear my whistle. I was on a diet. You know, I'm on my diet. I'm on my, my healthy love, my, my healthy lifestyle change. But baby, I had to pour me some Tito's and some cranberry juice. I just had to, you know, ease my nerves. Give me a second, purple pants posse. Ooh, mm-mm-mm. I know it's a heavy topic. Heavy, heavy, heavy. But it's important for us to talk about it. It's important. So, keeping the menu rolling, Insecure, HBO's Insecure, comes on Sunday nights at 10. And I got a lot of tweets this weekend from a lot of the Purple Pants Posses. Shout out to my girl, Summer Downs Berman, who hit me up on the Facebook and was like, oh my God, Bryce, I just started watching Purple. I mean, I'm about to say Purple Pants. I just started watching Insecure and I love it. Yeah, shout out to Summer. And Summer is a musician and she's been doing like these like quarantine series in her backyards where she got like a whole band and she be singing i love it and then for mother's day she had her daughter up there singing i was like yes but anyway back to insecure so insecure this week it was another good one so relatable just so relatable and like i feel like people's lives with friendship you know our main character Issa. all season she's been getting ready for this block party and i told you how this season has been like in retrospect every episode has been like three months before the block party Two months before the block party, a month before the block party, two weeks before the block party. Well, this episode was actually the block party. So Issa has been really stressing out about the block party. She had the help of this girl named Condola, who then started dating Lawrence, which is Issa's ex of five years. But then over the last couple of weeks, Condola has like basically ghosted Issa and Issa doesn't know why. Issa's headliner dropped out. Issa was really struggling getting another headliner to replace the one that dropped out. However, she had found one online that was, you know, linked up with Live Nation. And Molly, her best friend's new boyfriend, Andrew, works for Live Nation. So Issa was like, hey, can you ask Andrew? And ultimately, Molly said no. She wanted to protect her relationship and kind of sort of keep it sacred. And so that's kind of like the build on of the, the, the fracture between Issa and Molly. So Issa is up late at night during this episode, scrolling through the Instagram. Issa sound like me. And Issa sees that one of her love interests from last season, Nathan. So a little backstory on Nathan. Issa met Nathan. Uh, they kicked it for a summer. She really was like interested in him. And then all of a sudden he kind of sort of ghosted Issa. And so Issa was always just left in like this weird, like almost like like purgatory with with Nathan. Another fun fact about Nathan is his best friend and roommate is Andrew, Molly's new boo. So that's kind of sort of how Molly met Andrew was when Issa was dealing with Nathan. You know, Andrew was interested in Molly, but Molly was like, I don't know if I can date him. Obviously, fast forward, they're dating him. So Issa hits Nathan up, you know, at three o'clock in the morning and they just talking and Issa's like saying how stressed out she is about the black party and Issa says to Nathan, like Nathan asks how Molly is and Issa's like I, me and Molly I don't really F with Molly like that so so the day of the block party comes and Issa is at the block party she getting things together it really looks great and then Condola is there Issa sees Condola so she goes over to Condola she's like hey girl like where you been Condola's like sorry I've kind of like you know really been MIA and she's like have you talked to Lawrence and Issa's like no Condola's like well Lawrence and I broke up like I said they was gonna break up and so that's why Condola basically is backing off from Issa so they have this awkward exchange and you know Condola's like it really looks 
looks great. Congratulations, Issa. And then Issa's like, well, I gotta go. So they don't really like talk too much. So Issa is really like, you know, getting this block party moving and shaking. However, she is so nervous about her current headliner because she don't know what time they're going to get there. Now, fast forward to Molly and Andrew at Molly's apartment. And Molly is like trying to figure out what she's going to wear and really kind of like trying to decide if she's going to go. Like, I don't really want to go. I don't want to go. And Andrew's like, why don't you want to go to support Issa? And, you know, Molly's like, you know, she ain't really been there for me. And so Molly's back and forth for whether or not she's going to go to the block party, which if they were in a good place, why would your best friend not be at the block party right now helping you set up? So Andrew and Molly decide to go to the block party. Um, The block party starts and there is not a lot of people at the block party. So Issa is kind of like freaking out. And mind you, the purpose of the block party is that like, you know, where Issa lives in L.A. is that there's a lot of gender genderfication happening. And the point of the block party is to give the people that live in the community, you know, something to be proud of the local businesses in the community to have a place to shine. And so it seems like a lot of people that are at the block party aren't people that live in the neighborhood. If you catch my drift. So Issa's kind of freaking out about that. And there's not a lot of people there right now. But, you know, wait, listen, if it's a block party, you know, the block party don't really get jumping into the nighttime anyway. OK, if y'all ever had any block parties, well, at least my block parties. OK, well, not my block parties, but my grandma back in the day, uh, she used to have this block party. She lived on Pine Street in uh, West Philadelphia, born and raised. OK, my grandma block party used to be jumping. Shout out my grandma, Clara. Hope you are resting in peace. But anyway, back to this. So she's, you know, running around, getting all of these last minute things together. And then her friends, Kelly and Tiffany and Tiffany's husband are there. Tiffany is the one who recently had a baby. So this is like their first outing. So Tiffany is, you know, wetting the whistle, having a good time. Kelly acting crazy. So Molly and Andrew finally decide to slide through. And it looks like more and more people are coming to the block party. It's, you know, it's jumping, jumping. And then the headliner shows up. The headliner comes on and everybody is like, they start doing a wobble. Wobble, do the wobble, do the wobble, do the wobble. Hey, get in there. Hey, hey, get in there. Hey, hey, hold on, Purple Bear Posse. Hold on, wait, let me do the wobble. Wobble, do the wobble, do the... Hey, y'all know how to do the wobble. Oh, 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 get in there. Okay, sorry. Ooh, I love me the wobble. Uh, When Jatia from my season, season 28, she got married. Um, Who was there? Me, Tasha, Spencer, and Cass. We were there for my season, and Spencer didn't know how to wobble, so I had to teach baby boy how to do the wobble. I love a good wobble. So anyway, they're playing the wobble before the headliner comes on, and Issa and Molly kind of have a wobble together and really kind of like you know like oh like best friend times again now prior to that while molly and andrew were kind of like sitting off to the side just chilling andrew is really saying to molly like look at this this is a lot of work for somebody to put together like maybe this is the reason why Issa has been like not what you feel a good friend she's been wrapped up in this and molly's like you know what maybe you're right so molly tries to like you know give Issa a peace offering she goes to bring Issa food and then we see him wobbling oh hold on wait wait another wobble break oh wobble do the wobble do the wobble do the wobble okay all right sorry oh i just love me to wobble okay so they're wobbling having a good time the headliner comes on everybody is rocking with the headliner it is just like i'm like yes Issa, you did it okay an amazing block party so the headliner is done people are still out having a good time molly is like you know congratulating Issa. then they need Issa for something so Issa is over there talking with nathan and her brother and so molly's with andrew and then someone behind the back is like hey andrew the headliner just wanted to uh say thank you for hooking them up if you want to come and buy and say thank you and so molly's like wait what 
And then, you know, Andrew's like, yeah, Nathan X, Issa X Nathan uh, to hit me up about getting the headliner. And of course I helped. And Molly's like, and you didn't tell me. And Andrew's like, I didn't think it would be a problem for me to help your best friend out with her block party. So whoo, Chile. Immediately, Molly gets the fire in her eyes and she sees Issa and she bump, 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 walks over to Issa and she's like, uh, Issa, can I talk to you for a second? And Issa's like, sure. She's like, you asked Andrew to help you? And Issa's like, yeah, I didn't involve you in it. I asked Nathan. And Molly's like, what part don't you understand that I said I did not want him involved in that? And Issa's like, what are you talking about, Molly? So you would rather have your best friend fail? And so they just kind of get back into this catty back and forth argument that really kind of starts a big commotion. And everyone's like, Issa, Molly, like, not now. Now is not the time. And Issa's even like, now is the time of all places that you want to confront me? So they're like going back and forth. And like, you know, I guess Molly is like, has her pocketbook. So she's like going in her pocketbook to get something. And then somebody in the crowd is like, what is she, what is she getting out of her bag? A gun! And literally all somebody has to say in a crowded space like a black party is gun. And there literally is mass hysteria. People are running. Tables are getting thrown apart and everyone's just like the whole crowd is just running Ah! and so obviously after it's all said and done like you know the event space looks a mess the block party's over and although the block party was super successful obviously it it has to look so horrible on Issa that put all of this together with all of these supports all of these vendors all of these donors for it to end like that and essentially for it to end because of Molly and listen okay right now Purple Pants Posse I am not team Molly I'm very upset with Molly and we see Molly and Andrew walking to the car and Molly is visibly upset and you know she really kind of leans on Andrew uh, for support and Molly uh, is just like obviously upset and then you know Andrew's like no matter what I'll be here for you and then Issa is just left in the middle of our block party and Nathan's there he's like you want me to stay and help clean up and Issa's like no I got it and it just really kind of sucks because Issa did all of that work and for it to be ruined and essentially at Molly's hand because if Molly would have never started that argument then no one would have ever said gone and then you know the crowd would have never went crazy like they did i'm excited to see next week's episode to see after the fallout like what happens between their friends and Issa and molly but you know again i just love insecure i just feel like that's just so relatable i feel like i see myself in the show i can learn from myself because a lot of the times like you know in this molly and Issa situation i feel like i've had that situation with friends and i feel like I feel like, you know, I've been on the Issa side and I've been on the Molly side. And to me, what it really shows me is that there's a communication breakdown. And I feel like it's important whenever you have friends that, you know, you need to be able to communicate and that you shouldn't go long periods of time without communicating because it only drives a wedge. It's just so good and relatable. OK, and if you haven't checked it out, you need to be like my girl Summer and check it out because, you know, your baby boy will not leave you stranded. It's HBO and Secure. We're on season four. There's three other seasons that you can catch up. They're all on. On demand and it comes on Sunday nights at 10 o'clock keeping the menu rolling and I'm so excited for this one you know for a multitude of reasons but it don't even matter but I like to introduce my good friend you know you hear me talking about him all the time but welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast E Barrios hey hey what's up how y'all doing how y'all up, doing Bryce? you talking to me how, yeah, I'm fine <laughs> you gotta address the audience first but how uh, you doing Bryce what's going I, on 
I'm good. You know, I'm chilling. You know, just got done a little run. You know, I'm running for mod and, you know, just chilling, enjoying my day. How are things with you? And first of all, congratulations on the new house, a homeowner. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Here's a, t- a little tidbit about Iberios. He owns a home. He just bought a house with his fiance, Sarah. But Eddie ain't no handyman. Okay. Anytime <laughs> Sarah and Eddie need something put together, they have to call me. Okay. And I ain't going to be your handyman no more y'all gonna have to pay me okay this this is true though this is true (laughs) very much so true you like but but you like putting things together and taking them apart i don't got the patience for all that i mean i do it's fun i like you know it's you know figuring out it's like a puzzle you don't know what's gonna happen or like you know but sometimes in the middle of it i don't know what i'm doing and then i'm like oh no but anyway, enough about that, because I don't want the Purple Pants Posse to be like, Bryce, come to my house and put my uh, dresser together. <laughs> Ain't happening. But I'm so excited to finally have you on the podcast because, you know, E. Berrios is a artist. He's been an artist for a long time. So, like, you know, tell us about yourself, Eddie. Like, what like what you do? What's going on? Like, you know, what's popping? I mean, you gave me a perfect introduction, but, um, yeah, I E. Berrios, uh, Eddie Berrios, feel free to call me Eddie. But uh, basically, I'm an artist from Philadelphia. I've been doing music for several years now. Um, but past few years, we've just been turning it up a little bit. Uh, me hey. and Bryce been in the studio a couple times. Um, hey. We got What You Looking For. Hey. And now we got this new single called Setback. Oh. But uh, other than just trying to stay safe, stay in the house currently, um, I'm just working on music nonstop. But that's been, that's pretty much been it for the past several years. You already know. So music, like, so you are uh, a rapper. Like, and what is music for you? Like, what is, like, how, like, how did you discover music? Is music an outlet, a creative outlet? Do you use music as therapy? Like, you know, what it, what is music for you? Uh, music for me is kind of all of the above. Um, it's it's the one thing I'm most passionate about. So for me, it's like damn near everything. Um, I I can't really describe how I got into music per se. Um, I do know that being a young kid and and just being you know uh, in the city, um, listening to music coming out of people's houses and coming out of the car stereos and stuff like that, because music wasn't really too big in my household that's kind of how i got into hip-hop music but ever since then it's just something that i've always wanted to do and that stretches as far back as i can remember so i want to say who would you say are your like inspirations in music like what who do you draw from who are some of the great musicians that you look to um i have a lot of inspirations honestly um i would say for the most part my biggest inspirations are people that i grew up on Um, that's kind of like big pun fabulous uh oh Jada Kiss, the Locks, oh, oh. Um, you know, Biggie, the whole Bad oh. Boy movement. Oh, so, so Lil' Kim would be in there? Yeah, yeah, Kim would oh. be in there. Kim okay, in okay. There. I, I draw inspirations from from pretty much everybody, even like the, the guys doing their thing now, like the young and upcoming generations. I take a little bit from here, from there, you know, keep my eyes on what's new, always trying to, uh, you do know, you, be innovative. Do you only listen to hip-hop? Do you listen to pop? Do you listen to country? Like, what, um, what type of music do you like? Or, you know, what would you be listening to? I would say hands down, hip-hop is my favorite genre of music. But I listen to all kinds of music. I like hip-hop and rock the most. Um, but I, I listen to country here and there. I like a lot of R&B. Um, yeah, I would say rock, hip-hop, and R&B are my f- most favorite genres of music. But I listen to pop, older music. I mean, you could throw some share in there. Oh, share? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just I playing. See. <laughs> There's a few. Share do got a few joints, though. Well, what's, I, I what's the share joint that you know? Oh, uh, 
I don't know the I don't know the name of it off the top. Don't of my she got head. a song like Time After Time? No, that's um, is that Cher? I know she got a song about gypsies that I that I really really <laughs> like a lot. That's my that's my jam. E Burials is holding back. He listens to a whole <laughs> bunch of type of music. I don't know why he be in this like stuck up y'all. But I remember one time uh, when E was uh, with Sarah and it was like a snowstorm. And I, I love snowstorms, especially when I have like friends around. Like you can go to their house and kind of get drunk and like pray that it's not going to be a snow day. Uh, or, you know, you don't have to go to work the next day. And so, like, me, Sarah, and Eddie was, like, in the house drinking Tito's and Ashanti, you know. Baby, ba-, you know, Ashanti song, Baby came on. And at this time, like, I didn't even know Eddie liked R&B music. Ashanti, Baby came on and, whoo, Chile. E. Barrios, I didn't, first of all, I love Ashanti. And E. Barrios did, couldn't even stop singing the song. I said, oh, okay. I love it when you say my name. Baby, babe. I said, what in the devil? But, I listen to so, all yes, E. Barrios know what it's like. So another question I have for you is like, what is it like working with an artist like me? You know, I am very unconventional. I'm not, you know, anything that is, you know, what is more so perceived in today's kind of hip hop thing. You know, I'm kind of like a breakout. Uh, So what has that been like for you? I would say, to be honest, it's been it's been very easy um, working with you, to be honest. Uh, A lot of times you go into the studio and you're working with other artists and sometimes it can be challenging not necessarily because you know a a relationship or something that you may or may not have with that artist but sometimes it's just hard to get on the same page you know sometimes you know that the beats ain't right you know the timing ain't right there's a lot of things that go into making music as like a collaborative product uh project but i can honestly say it's been easy i mean when we did the two songs that we did it came together naturally it came together quickly we was able to to knock those songs out like super quickly quick um but it was it, but it was easy and to be honest i always kind of looked at myself as like like a black sheep per se like i feel like a lot of people don't expect my music to sound the way it is i feel like i i keep a lot of traditional type of morals when it comes to the music like i care a lot about the lyrics and i care a lot about like having a lot of hip-hop like traditional hip-hop elements in my music and i think that kind of separates me in some ways so i think it's dope to kind of work with someone like you who would necessarily be, I, I could say at this point, would probably be like another black sheep in hip-hop given the, cur- like the current landscape of where hip-hop is right now and where it has been for the you know past however many years it's been around. There's not too many people like you willing to just jump on a microphone, go ahead and, and, and have fun making music and, and put yourself out there and do, you know what I mean, what you're doing. And you've mixed into a lot of things. So that's definitely. dope too. You, well, you know, we got Saucy Santana's out there. So, you know, they de- we, we definitely are paving the way. Walk them like a dog. Walk them like a dog. But, you know, with all of that said, um, what do you have any projects coming out or what are you working on right now? Like what's next for E. Burials after, you know, this single setback, which is is available on iTunes, which is available on Google Play, which is available on Spotify, Dreezer, and you know my Uncle Pookie got it in the back of his car, so if you in Philly, you know, look for Uncle Pookie, but what other product projects do you have uh, in the works? Because anything that I know about Eddie is Eddie is always recording. Eddie is, Eddie is, he learned how to, uh, when Eddie and Sarah got serious, then they moved in. One of the, like, the, the stipulations that he had with Sarah was like, you know, I need a place uh, that I can record a studio. 
So Eddie had like this nice little studio and Eddie like bought a computer and he really learned how to record himself. And now that is a, a process in itself. And so I definitely have to give credit to Eddie. Eddie is one of the people that I admire a lot uh, because he can like if he puts his mind to something and like learning how to record himself, like it's not just buying the equipment. I know plenty of people that buy equipment and don't know what they're doing. Like Eddie spent like hours when I mean hours watching YouTube videos, hours reading books and figuring stuff out. And it was like, you know, when Eddie first started recording himself, it was like, okay. And then as he got better, I'm just like, well, wait a minute. Let me come over there and and see if you can record me. So, you know, Eddie is, he's being very bashful right now, which I don't know why. And if like, you know, if this Corona thing wasn't happening and we were recording a person, I probably like punch him in the face a little bit so he could loosen up. Uh, But he is definitely like, you know, one to his craft. And it's like, I can like, I I love that so much about him. And I try to take from him in those aspects, like of things that I want to learn and things that I'm doing. I try to like put as much time as he does because he almost gets like crazy with it to the point where it's just like, what are you doing? And I'm reading a book. I'm just watching the YouTube video. But, you know, I just have to plug, 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 plug him because I just can't say enough positive things about Eddie. But I can also say a lot of annoying things about Eddie. Do y'all know what shadow boxing is? Well, listen, don't give Eddie no type of alcohol because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Eddie will start shadow boxing. Like, 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 who are you fighting? You okay? But anyway. You gotta stay sharp. I'm asleep. But (laughs) any new projects that you have coming out that you want to let the people know that if anybody that listens is a hip-hop head, any of their boyfriends, any of their husbands, any of their girlfriends, they're like true hip-hop. And one thing about Eddie that I can say is he's definitely a lyricist. He definitely can word rhyme, you know, wordplay, put things back. I'm like, ooh, how you say that? Sometimes he be saying stuff, I be having to look it up. Like, I don't know what he just said, but any new projects that you got that people can check out? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm going to drop an a EP, five-track EP called Depends on the Day. That's going to come out uh, May 29th. Um, oh. Yeah, that one just it came out of nowhere, to be honest. I just decided to do it. Like you said, I'd be working on a lot of stuff. I had a bunch of music just sitting on my computer. was trying to really plan how to release it over time. But I said, you know, what's a better time than to just put something out right now? And to be honest, this is the first time I mentioned it. But oh, so ooh, wait, is this a Purple Pants podcast exclusive? It is, it is, yeah, yes. it is. <laughs> so, and you said May 29th, yes, May 29th. Um, all right, and where can the people follow you at? What's your social media handles if somebody wants to follow the E to the dot Berrios on Instagram? It's E dot Berrios, that's B E R R I O S. You can find me on Twitter at EddieB215. You can find me on Facebook also at EddieB215. I'm on Snapchat and TikTok somewhat, but oh, I don't you, really, wait, oh, wait, wait. I don't be posting videos on TikTok. You got a TikTok? I got one. I got one because uh, the music is on there, but I don't really uh, be posting on there. But that's also uh, E. E. Berrios. And then you want to drop your OnlyFans? No, I ain't doing that. (laughs) 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 You try to get me. You try to get me in trouble. I'm asleep. Oh, my God. Well, you know, it's been a pleasure to have you on the Purple Pants Podcast. I appreciate your support. So, Purple Pants Posse, make sure you show my brother E. Berrios some love. You know, he has got the project depending on, what is it, depending on the time, depending on the date? Depends on the day. Depends on the day. Drops May 20th. 29th. Make sure we all show him some love. Yes, E. Burials, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the Purple Pants Podcast. And you know,
know this door is the door is sometimes open to you. It's not always open to you because you get on my nerves sometimes, but it's always sometimes open to you. But thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And make sure well, it's your song, so you plug it. I'm tired of plugging it, but thank go. you for coming on. No, I appreciate you. I, 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 I totally 100% appreciate you for having me on the show. Appreciate all the love, all the support. Couldn't be more thankful. You keep doing your thing as well. But for now, I need everybody, and I mean everybody, go oh. check out Setback, me, Bryce Isaiah. The song speaks for itself. It's available oh. on all platforms, so please go stream that, Ace. Yes, I appreciate it. And Purple Pants Posse, the next time we have Eddie on, because he's going to come back again, but the next time we have him on, we're going to have him wet his whistle a little bit, okay? Just just a tad bit, so we can get, so y'all can really get the full experience of e But thank you so much, E. I appreciate you. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. If you hurry up quick, it's a purple pants pick, yeah. And we are on to one of my favorite segments of the podcast, Purple Pants Picks. You pick, I say. Every Saturday morning, I post to my Instagram or the Purple Pants Pod Instagram a photo of Purple Pants. And I say, drop some topics from Purple Pants Picks. Any topics you guys run, music, social media, current events, anything, your baby boy got you. So let's get into this week's Purple Pants Picks. Ooh, I got one from my girl, Desi J. Williams, writes, Giant Asian Killer Hornets. Bay Bay. Okay. Over the last couple of weeks, the news has been reporting that the first time ever in North America have there been sightings of the giant Asian killer hornets. Okay. Baby, they from Asia. Okay. And they are like big bumble bees. Okay. They are huge. And I, you know, I saw it. I clicked on a couple of links and baby, there was a, a video of a giant killer hornet killing a squirrel. Okay, like the squirrel couldn't even get away. It was killing the squirrel, baby. Listen, in this quarantine, you know how we got the they got them hazmat suits, baby. I'm getting me, I'm ordering me a purple BZB zookeeper suit because I don't want nothing to do with them killer giant Asian hornets, baby. I don't know what's going on with 2020, but baby, you could throw it all away. Okay, we didn't lost Kobe. Okay, we in this pandemic, and now you say it's giant Asian. Asian killer hornets oh no 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 ma'am not here for it not today not tomorrow and definitely not next week baby can you we got to be careful here oh my god y'all have to see that video now mind you it might be a mouse not a squirrel i forget you know baby boy be wetting the whistle sometimes so i don't know but ooh, baby they are scary our next purple pants picks comes from Paul. Paul Lauren writes, do you have any tattoos and what are your thoughts? Yes, baby girl. I have a couple of tattoos. I, um, I have one tattoo when I was like 16. All my brothers had tattoos. So when I turned 16, I was like, Ooh, I want a tattoo. I want a tattoo. And I got like my name on my arm. Like what? Like what? Wait, like, do you not know your name? But that's what everyone had back in the day, okay? So I wanted one too. But I've got cute little tattoos all over, like some behind my neck, some on my hands, some like on my wrist, like my sign. I've got like, you know, just little stuff. And then my recentest tattoo I got last Mother's Day. Um, I had my mom write her signature and I didn't tell her what it was for. And then I had a tattoo artist like draw it on my hand as like a pulse. And then it has her name in it. So it's cute. I love tattoos. I, um, I definitely think people need to think 
longer hard before they get tattoos because baby I want this I want my name up off my arm but it also gives me reason to get another tattoo because I really do want like a half sleeve so I always keep saying like I want a half sleeve I want a half sleeve I want a half sleeve so you know you never know baby boy might pop up with another tattoo covering up another tattoo all right so underscore dot underscore damon underscore writes how do you find inspiration that's a good question i don't really know uh i am a person damon that takes things in like i sometimes sometimes people be like why are you staring at me i'm like oh sorry i like i just i find inspiration in a lot of different things like i can see something and then i just will like gaze into it and it would just you know perpetuate my mind i find inspiration from people a lot of the times i like to keep people close to me that are inspirations that i find motivational um definitely the news music definitely a lot of different things i get inspiration from even this pandemic inspires me because it's like you know what life is short you never you truly never know what tomorrow is baby you know it's they got giant asian uh hornets over here so you never know what tomorrow is and so this like you know quarantine inspires me to like be as productive as possible don't have laziness as an excuse so you can find inspiration anywhere damon um our next purple pants picks comes from caleb wh25 it says why do you like making music so much who well i i don't know i love it it's just in me i grew up around music i felt like you know my mom played music a lot uh you know family members a lot in our culture whenever we get together there's always music involved so i just music and mind you i'm one of them people i could listen to music like you know if i'm in a bad sad mood i'll listen to sad depressing music and sometimes when i'm not even in a sad mood i listen to sad depressing music i just like it i like I like that it can move you. I like that it can have a message. I like that it can tell a story. I like that there's so m- there's multiple interpretations of it. And you know me, I love female rappers. So you know, back in the day, I was listening to Trina. I was listening to Little Kim. You know, I was listening to. I, I wasn't really listening to Queen Latifah. She was way before my time. But you know, like I just, I, I always, you know, I used to rap always the female parts. And he's like, why you always rap the female parts? Cause I'm gay and I like it. That's why. Okay, you wanna rumble with the B, huh? Bzz, throw a hex on the whole family. Ooh, I've been gone for a minute. Now I'm back with the jumper. Who's bad? I'm the baddest. Fi- Ooh, okay, so listen, I like it. So it just, I love it. It's a form of expression. And I like, and if you don't know by now, Caleb, I likes to express myself. Uh, next purple pants picks comes from Jay. Troom writes tips to start running. So funny that you wait. Let me wet my whistle, baby boy. Mouth getting a little dry. Hold on, I'm screaming too much. Hold on. Mm. So this is a great one. I just had a conversation with my cousin last week who's been running, and I just actually gave him some tips. So some tips I have for you for running is first couple of runs. Don't be worried about where you're at, what mile you're at. Don't even worry about it. Run till you just can't run anymore. That's one. Another tip I'd have to say is, is that when you're running and you feeling like, oh, I can't run no more. I'm getting fatigued. I'm getting fatigued, especially like if you're going up a hill and you're getting fatigued. Once you get up that hill, drop your pace down. Like, don't like continue to try to like just drop your pace down, even if it's almost like a walking pace. Drop your pace down, get your heart rate, catch up with your heart rate, and then you'll be able to have so much more energy. Like, you know, you're it, it, it's the best trick ever. Like, you know, once you like oh, can't go no more, just drop your pace down for a couple of minutes and then pick it back up. Then you'll be good. Another tip that I have is that, like, you know, enjoy the run, like, you know, and 
I was saying this to my cousin that like, you know, first of all, the first 10 minutes of every run is the worst for me. I'd be like, oh, why I come out here? Why I come out here? What I'm doing out here? After them 10 minutes, then all of a sudden you'd be like, ooh, I'm chilling. But I like to use running. I always tell you guys, running for me is like a release. I like pay bills. I make plans. I like really kind of like let my mind unlock. Like, so don't think about the actual run. Because if you think about oh, left foot, right foot, left foot, child, you ain't never going to get far. But if you think about like, hmm, what am I going to eat for dinner today? Hmm, what do I got under my bed? Hmm, when's our next trip? Hmm, did I pay that bill? Like, you really get lost in the run. And another tip that I will give is that keep running. Try to set a schedule. Uh, if you're just starting out, maybe two times a week and try to keep that for a month and then move to like three times a week. Always give your day, like if you build it up to like where you're running a lot, always give yourself a day of rest uh, because like your body needs to recover and you don't want to like just wear your body down but and make sure you stay hydrated i like like to drink water i try not to this is just kind of the runner that i am i don't recommend this for everyone but i'll drink water before i run but i won't really bring water with me unless it's an extremely hot day because sometimes that kind of like messes up my pace and my flow and then when i get back to my car baby boy drinks his water and make sure you've got a good supportive shoe on as well too that's another major tip because for a long time i was running and I didn't have great shoes. I didn't realize that I had low arches and I needed actual shoes that had good arch supports and that was light and flexible. So there's a lot of things that go into running, but don't be too hard on yourself. As long as you get out and run, it's an accomplishment. And every time that you run, you get better and better and better and better. So good luck. Uh, Then our last and final Purple Pants Picks of this week comes from E. Nikki B. She writes, with summer possibly being canceled, what are your plans? Um, So, yes, with summer being canceled is a very likely thing. And even if the world reopens, baby, I'm canceling my own summer okay because i'm not really going to places with large crowds i'm not really doing none of that i actually really just want to low-key like summer like i just want to like hang out with friends and you know just hang out like me and Wendell had already been talking about i want to go tubing like i want to go camping and tubing there's like uh there's mountains maybe like a couple of hours away from philly and i'm feeling like that should be safe you know be a small group of us get a cabin like i just want to do little small stuff like that i want to go hiking a lot i want to go camping in a tent even though like i told you i bought a tent and none of my friends want to go camping with me okay it's annoying but i just plan on having a low-key summer i want to clean my backyard out a little bit i want to have a little barbecue like seven people like you know just small intimate friends and i want to continue to continue to continue to be eating healthy i want to get this body right i want to keep giving you guys some purple pants podcast so yeah just small little goals like i'm not i'm not one of those people like oh i hope they open it back up like i'm not even thinking about that how i'm thinking is this is how i'm living right now and that's it that's that's how it's gonna be so that's gonna conclude this week's purple pants picks if you guys want to pick make sure you check my instagram story on saturdays and you can get your pick in it is time for advice given to you by price it's time for advice with price all right hey everybody 
everybody. Welcome back to Advice with Bryce. We have another great selection, so let's get right into it. Hey, Bryce, this is Caitlin. I was supposed to have my wedding on April 25th, 2020. Due to the COVID-19 outbreak, we had to reschedule our celebration. For a while, I was holding onto a small thread of hope that I'd be able to have some sort of a small ceremony or something. Anything on our perfect date, the 25th. As we've gotten closer, we've realized more and more that we might not even be able to get legally married yet because we haven't gotten our license due to federal building and other service closures. All week, I have been feeling so much sadness and grief due to the loss of my day. I know there is so much more in the world going on, and I understand the gravity and importance of staying home, rescheduling, and being safe and healthy. But I'm still grieving, and I don't know know how long I will feel like this. Do you have any tips for going through the grieving process, no matter what one is grieving, such as if it's the loss of a loved one, a routine, an event, etc., whatever it may be? Thank you so much for everything you do. Hey, Caitlin, and what a great question. Um, So I definitely think that it is important for you to acknowledge that you are upset and sad about, you know, having to postpone your wedding. That's, you know, the a girl's biggest day. Like, you know, girls dream about that all day. So I think, one, it's so important for you to acknowledge that and to be okay with your feelings and to be, like, okay with being sad for a little bit. You know, I always say, give myself a couple of days to be sad. Go through the motions. However, I definitely think that... You and your fiance should focus on the fact that, hey, we're healthy and we're together. And, you know, last week I talked about a show called A Secret Love with Aunt Pat and Aunt Terry, and they were together for years. It wasn't even legal for them to get married. And even when it became legal for them to get married, they even thought, like, what's the point? Because a marriage doesn't really define our love. We define our love. And so I say that to say that you And your fiance are going to get married one day, but don't get caught up too much in like the title and all of that. Like, you know, enjoy the fact that you've got somebody during this pandemic that loves and cares about you. And that's really what it's about, because dates can be changed. Things can be rearranged and you'll have your special day that you've always dreamed about. So I think that it's important for you to remember that, like, you know what? There are some people that are alone that don't have somebody that haven't even met anybody. And so sometimes it's great to count our blessings. So I think that that's important for you to focus on as well, Caitlin, that like, you know, what what does a piece of paper really going to do in our relationship and if we've got to postpone it a little bit then i think what this time can teach us that sometimes we just have to go with the flow it's out of our control and i feel like a lot of the times us as humans we just want to control everything we want to like you know put it here put it there and sometimes we just gotta let it go like it's we we're not in control it's nothing we can do about it and guess what it's okay So I know that it sucks, but you still got your health. You still got your man. You still got your family and friends. And obviously you want them to be safe. So I I really feel like if you focus on the positive, then you won't really worry about the date that has passed and you will plan another amazing date. I'm sure of it. You'll have an amazing wedding and you know, Everything will be good. So just try not to focus so much on uh, what you can control. And it's important, like I said before, to grieve, be upset, but 
move forward and move past it. I really feel like it's the best advice that I can give you uh, because, listen, we got our health. You know, you got a home. Your bills are being paid. And you know what? Despite what a piece of paper can say or a ceremony, you've got the love of your life and your life partner. So that's my advice, Caitlin. I hope that helps. If any of you guys out there need some advice about anything, finances, love, marriage, TV, food, just send me your advice with Bryce to Purple Pants Podcast at gmail.com and your baby boy got you. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be Yes, now we're on to this week's Freak of the Week, baby. So, you know, ain't nothing new, baby boy. Scrolling through before I went to sleep. You know, just scrolling through the Instagram, seeing what's popping over there. And I came across this photo of Neil Gottlieb from Survivor Season 32, Koran. Um, yeah, he, you remember Neil, the one with the ice cream pants? Okay, he was trying to come for the purple pants. He's like, no, I love Neil. But I came across this photo of Neil, okay? And he in the desert with no shirt on, where it looked like he got a Ben hat, but a brown Ben hat, and he's holding a sign that says, Burning Man 2020, Coronaversary. And it reads, Burning Man 2020, Coronaversary. Not the burn I wanted, but no doubtably the one I needed. Baby boy is out there in the Nevada desert. Now, I'm not sure if you guys know, but the Burning Man Festival is like so dope. It's in Nevada and generally it's around this time. And obviously they had to cancel it due to COVID-19. I've always wanted to go to the Burning Man. And even, you know, Joaquin from season 30, uh, Worlds Apart, you know, the cover of my Zaddy calendar. He was at the Burning Man Festival uh, for the cover photo. But yeah, so dope. But anyway, look at Neil over there looking all burnt and hot up so i am cracking up so yes you gotta go to neil's instagram page neil gottlip that's n-e-a-l-h-g-o-t-t-l is that l yep l-i-e-b yes and let them know neil done made the freak of the week of the purple pants podcast Yes. Well, you know, with the freak of the week, that means we are concluding another episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. But before we go, if you guys could make sure that you subscribe to this podcast, if you could rate this podcast, give me five stars. Don't be like Barbie. Give me one star. Think of she giving me five stars and write a review. I love to read the reviews. Okay. Yes. And make sure you tag a friend, tag a friend, tell a friend and tell a friend, tell a friend about the Purple Pants Podcast. And yes, you will hear me next week because you already know it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a purple pants, it's a purple pants, it's a purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's a purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's a purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants.